0: All right, cool. Um, Welcome everyone to episode one of the SDI Clarity Podcast. Uh, I am Jeremy Erard with SDI Clarity, and I am joined by Jeff Hawksworth, who is our Vice President of Learning Innovation for SDI Clarity. Um, We have been kicking around the idea of doing this podcast for a number of reasons, for quite a long period of time, Jeff, I think you would agree. I totally agree, Uh, yep. But ultimately it comes down to, uh, we feel like over the last uh, 20 years of doing this type of work uh, for really large organizations, we've learned quite a few things working across many, many industries from manufacturing to financial services, to hospitality, healthcare, you name it, we've done it. And frankly, I think that's something that uh, uh, new clients have struggled with on our behalf because they assume you have to have industry expertise in order to be effective at driving people performance. Um, when the reality of the situation is, uh, you just need people to have the common challenges that we solve for. And um, uh, once people can kind of get comfortable with that idea, uh, they find that
1: we end up doing uh, pretty well for them. So yeah, as I say, it's it's really interesting how many times we've uh, been in the room, you know, introducing ourselves and, that's been like a strike against us initially, you know, it's like, oh, you don't, you don't know our business though. And then, you know, two months later they're trying to hire us. <laughs> so it's just like, right. okay, it, it completely flips to, oh, you know, more, more about our business than we know about our business. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we do, but that's a part of the learning path to get to performance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I think that, that's actually probably a, a pretty good thing to expand on uh, in our first episode is really kind of talking about like what makes us unique. I mean, there are a lot of organizations out there, um, that ultimately deliver training uh, products, which is where a lot of our end result work ends up going and what a lot of our team is built around providing. But I think what has made SDI different over two decades and and really um, allowed much larger organizations to get comfortable with working with someone like us is the fact that we don't focus on what Necessarily, other people in their space are doing. We focus on their culture, their value proposition, how their organizations operate, and ultimately, what do they need people to know and be able to do in order to get the types of results that they want to get. Right? I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of our secret sauce. And you know, when we think about, um, I tell this story uh, several times over the years that the composition of our team is kind of uh, unique in that way as well. I mean, my background obviously is more in entrepreneurship, um, organizational leadership. Frankly, 10 years ago, I would never even heard of an instructional designer. Um, but we had built out really good training functions and things of that nature. And then you come from the complete opposite side of that spectrum, both educationally and professionally. Why don't you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, well, it was really interesting. Uh, just to finish off the thought you just started there. Um, you know, when, 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 SDI was founded, it was nothing but learning professionals. <clears throat> and here we are 20 plus years later, and our backgrounds are more diverse than ever. And our uh, solutions are much better because of it. Um, You know, yeah, my, my background is in formal, you know, my degrees in industrial organizational psychology. So it's all about, you know, psychology of work and impacting performance. And um which, you know, instructional design as a discipline, if you will, is is part of that. Um, But it's interesting because you go from trying to build out solutions that are technically sound and, you know, have everything structured the way it's supposed to be from a learning perspective to now with the different um, mentalities and backgrounds that we have, we're able to... You know throw out different ideas and challenge each other and you know expand our thinking and it just again the end, the end result is tenfold what it was 20 years ago be, as a result of that it's great um, i know myself personally with that formal background um, my thinking has expanded a lot you know uh, with our diverse backgrounds that we have organizationally and it's it's again it's all to the better because now i think about things differently even from an instructional design perspective and what i focus on is different than what it probably would have been 20 years ago um and again all for the better yeah well and and, and i think
0: um you know likewise right i, I developed training uh in my past uh, for people but it's obviously very pragmatic those of you that don't know me who will get to know me through listening to these podcasts will know that's my primary mo good bad and different uh it is what it is but i, I think that that um Kind of perspective is one of the primary reasons that we wanted to try this podcast. I mean, our audience um, is probably going to be pretty diverse is the goal. Um, we think there will be a lot for um, HR executives to potentially get out of this and in, in thinking about, um, you know, w- what are we trying to do from a talent agility perspective? How do we develop people Um what are some of the latest and greatest trends? Uh, that's something that Jeff and I are always uh, both complaining and laughing about at the exact same time is uh, the hottest thing seems to be the hottest thing for like 10 years in a row. So how can it still be the hottest thing? Um, but but also from an audience perspective, obviously, you know Jeff, I don't even uh, wanna put you on the spot to guess how many different training experiences and e-learning courses and things like that you've either uh, led the development of or actually developed yourself. It's a lot. Um, But people who are in the learning profession, whether uh, long tenured or or just kind of new, uh, getting into the corporate learning world, um, you know, Jeff's background is helping build out one of the most globally recognized corporate learning functions in the last 20 years, which is pretty darn cool, right? Uh, A good feather in our cap. but you know, to to his point, we had think we have as much relevance to leaders of sales functions in really big organizations, um, also uh, president C-suite level. Um, you know, the world has uh, always changed. I think the the velocity and the the amount of change has increased pretty significantly the last two or three years so everybody's trying to figure out what do we need to do to stay ahead what do we need to do to grab market share um, and ultimately those are the types of problems that we have become pretty adept at and absolutely love to solve is well tell us where you're trying to go uh, we'll help you figure out what's preventing you from getting there and then ultimately uh, help to design develop and implement those solutions to to make that needle move so um yeah. We'll be pretty informal in our approach. Jeff and I will chop it up pretty good. Uh, When we were kind of talking about conceptually doing this, uh, we're always bantering back and forth. We actually had a pretty robust conversation with some other members on the team this morning over a LinkedIn post uh, from a learning professional uh, that we sometimes just uh, find ourselves either scratching our head or literally screaming at, um, going, why in the world is this still the case? uh, so our opinions are, are fairly strong, uh, our experiences too. So hopefully that uh, balances each other out and um, we'll go from there. But uh, Jeff, I think one of the things for me that uh, I appreciated getting involved in this organization now almost 10 years ago um, is kind of understanding that perspective that you had going into this type of work as an IO psych major um, and how that translated into actually changing behavior as opposed to understanding it. So talk a little bit about that, because I think that story has uh, a lot of basis into just our overall approach in, in how we look at these types of problems.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something that is a, a consistent theme with us overall. And, you <clears throat> you know, we have both already mentioned a couple of times even in this short podcast thus far is is that we're all about performance. And, you know, going through that program, um, it was interesting because I was actually a political science major and I couldn't believe the night and day differences between my industrial organizational psych classes, which was my minor at the time, and the uh, political science classes, just from the the fact that there was so much clarity, so much more clarity and structure, and I knew what was expected of me, um, and I knew how I was supposed to perform in my psychology classes versus the political science, where it was read half a book and we'll test you on it and we'll see where that takes you. Um, so that was a, a very early on uh, mind shift change for myself in, in seeing like, okay, I like this because I know what's expected of me, that things are structured so that I can actually learn better and I can perform better. Uh, what a novel concept. And that's the field that we're in now. And as you mentioned with the industry trends that we see year over year that are slow trends, if you will, um, And the different ideas and hot topics that we'll see out there that folks are talking about, we we pride ourselves on the fact that by the time things are trends, we've already thought about it or have done our research um, and have a point of view on it. And we're already impacting our client's performance based on that. And we always focus on performance as the end goal. People get hung up on the trends and they get hung up on the, the the hot topics and, you know, virtual reality, you know, it's this cool thing, gamification, it's this awesome thing. And everybody tries to shoehorn everything into that because people are excited about it versus micro learning is another one that just drives me nuts. Which one's that? Micro learning. Yes. Micro learning. Yes. Yeah. No one defines any of those things the same for one. (laughs) Um, And for two, people get hung up on that. So it becomes more about the event or the call it experience. But it's not about, again, learning and performance. And so one of the things that I think from what I take pride in what we do is that we are not afraid to call those things out early and be very transparent, communicative with our clients right from the, the, the get go. I mean, just like any other organization people bring ideas to us or they're excited they're like oh we need this and the first question we ask is why what's mm-hmm. what, what's not happening and why this <laughs> you know what why does it need to be a micro learning um why does it need to be e-learning frankly um what is it that you're seeing here what's the performance issue and then we backward chain everything from there and so may our end solution include some of those cool bells and whistles Yeah, to some degree, but we're using them specifically because they're going to drive performance. Um, If we're going to have an online experience, it's because the target audience is um, one that is either mobile or is living their day-to-day life in an online environment. And so it matches what's expected of them. If they're working in manufacturing... Um, we're not going to, you know, recommend or, or structure something that's augmented and virtual and a lot of online outside of the of the work environment type things when they're hands on. <laughs> so let's build something that's actually going to allow them to build that, that skill and knowledge in order to impact that performance. So, I mean, it's a long-winded answer to your question, but the fact of the matter is that's what we always target and that's why we get the results we get. And the fact of the matter is we've never had a one and done client, you know, even on projects that have started as, hey, there's this unique thing, let's try you out. They always come back for more. And so that's a testament, obviously, to the value we bring.
0: Well, and I think part of it too is just, um, to your point, how we look at the problem, right? So you list off Mm -hmm. all those things. And if you think about a Venn diagram, like we don't know what the solution is gonna look like when we start, uh, especially with new clients. Because at the end of the day, we don't understand the culture. We don't understand the environment that these people are working in. We also don't understand how different are the results that you're looking to get from the results that you're getting right now, right? And ultimately, if you overlay those things, the perfect solution resides at the center of that Venn diagram. And once you've identified that, then you start getting into, okay, well, what types of deliverable deliverables are these things and how do they need to get delivered? When are they gonna get consumed? Um, I just feel like there's uh, always been such an emphasis since I really started focusing in this specific capacity, being part of this organization, the focus has always been like, oh, well, what types of training are we going to create? Well, how do you know? Like, if, if you're showing up as a micro learning expert, as an example, or you're showing up and saying, hey, we need uh, to use virtual reality or augmented reality um, to solve for this problem, but you don't even know anything about the workforce, you know anything about the work logistics, Um, And now, obviously, over the course of the last three years, there's always been blended workforces, but now they're so much more predominant, access to technology is so much more different, Um, cultural aspects of it are even more wild than what they were before, and in some cases, totally in flux. So um, I think in in some ways, we can frustrate uh, potential new clients because they want to get to something tangible really quickly, um, which we respect, right? We want to certainly get them as something that they can implement and start deriving value from, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we are creating something that's got longevity. Um, I think in so many cases, people are just like, well, let's let's put a training in place and that's going to solve our problems. Um, in some cases, we may get to that actually being true, but in most cases, um, we actually end up spending more time than I think they anticipate helping them actually define what performance they're looking for. They always know the result that they want. Um, But the question is, like, there are a lot of different ways to get it, right? So what's the most likely way for them to get it? I I had um, conversation with a prospective client. uh, What was it Friday, I think? Um, And they want help with an onboarding experience. And I'm like, that's awesome. Well, how many job roles? And they're like, well, uh, probably start with two or three, but then get to five or six. And I was like, Okay, well, how much of what you need to teach those ultimately six different job roles is common and core versus what is specific to the job role couldn't answer the question right (laughs) um then i asked them about like well how do these people work are they all in the building are they remote do you have multiple locations do you have some locations that are primarily in a physical space versus virtual and they were like well yeah like everybody we're all over the place and i'm like so what what type of accommodations are we going to make in a design for onboarding knowing that some people are going to be in your home office every single day from day one and you might have other people who may come in once a year for like a team building um we have to create an experience that is deliverable to both equally effective but completely different circumstances and now all of a sudden the head kind of starts spinning and you know sometimes i kind of have to smack myself and say We don't want to overwhelm them at first, but we do want to be real. We don't want to just give you something because um, we believe that's what you need. We want to help you understand what you actually need, um, which again probably isn't for everybody. So,
1: no, but that's good. And and you know we told we told the line well there though. You know we'll we'll definitely give the client what they are wanting, but we'll make sure that it's clear, again, I, I can't use the word transparency enough, and, and that's one of the things that we are with our clients and that to, to what that's gonna get you, what it's not gonna get you, the fact that it's a part of a larger solution. Um, and again, we'll challenge them just like we challenge ourselves internally when we're thinking through things. It's like, okay, well, great, we can do that. But to your point, asking those questions, have you thought about the impact of doing that and who you're missing because of that and, and what performance gaps you may still have as a result of it? um and, and that's you know that that comes with i mean the fact of the matter is when clients reach out to us or when people are looking to make some sort of a performance change um there's a couple things at play either they're limited by their own capabilities uh internally and so they can only take solutions so far and they know that they can't hit the mark with that or they know that they have a gap and they overreach sometimes where it's like well everything that we're doing isn't working so we must need to bring in micro learning, or we might we need to bring in gamification. And it's like, well, do you really need that? Or is it just you're not focusing, like you said, on the right performance, or, you know, on the right uh, behavior changes to impact that performance and get those results that you're looking for? And sometimes that's just the simple, you know, case that they're just not thinking about the right way, like you mentioned.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, again, just trying to make this, uh, this first episode more about uh, our audience and what they can expect from us moving forward. I mean, we're going to tackle a lot of those topics. So, you know, we've already talked about some um, trendy or uh, buzzy type uh, learning terminology and and approaches. Um, I think um, you know some of the things that we've got listed that we feel are valuable to talk about are, are around like organizational culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most people have made some sort of a significant pivot in their work style, um, their hiring pools. If you're um, allowing a lot of uh, flex or virtual work um, environments, like you can hire people from a lot of places. While well, the trickle down implications of that one decision are massive, right? Like, how do you build teams? Um, you know, if you've got teams who are really high performing and and well established prior to a pivot like that. Uh, those people have a distinct advantage in what it took to onboard somebody into a team dynamic, uh, pre pandemic versus post pandemic, where you might have hybrid work schedules and things of that nature. I mean, uh, you've seen it, Jeff. I mean, we work with a lot of people who are, um, they've made that core decision, but at the end of the day, it comes down to, do they really understand the implications of how do you bring talent in? How do you set them up for success? How do you um, support your leaders in their ability to not only manage getting the work done, which is where most focus goes to, but how do you how do you develop people effectively? Right. I mean, when you think about leadership, um, you know the emphasis is always on like performance reviews and how to get the work done and and team building, but developing people, uh, even for those that loved it and were very proficient in it before, developing young talent. Um, in a virtual work world for someone who had done it in person for 20 years um, and done it very well, that's a massive pivot. And if we're going to be completely honest, some that many might not even be capable of making, right? Right. So topics like that, um, topics like things that we're seeing just from... um, I would say, like a, a work focus. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of different uh, types of organizations do a lot of different things differently. Um, that we find are cool, that we find are curious. Um, so hopefully, we can be a little bit of a uh, um, an insight for listeners into hearing what other organizations are doing, uh, despite their industry, despite even their size um, in some cases. But uh, rest assured, we'll always have some sort of a point of view. Um, It'll always be grounded, kind of in in that focus of ours on how do we help them achieve their goals. Uh, the rest of it, um, the exploration, is tells us what we need to build. Um, but helping them define how they want to achieve the things they want to achieve, not just what, is um, is I think where we we have set ourselves
1: apart historically. So, I agree. Yeah, looking forward to it. And and you know I confident that you know our dialogues uh in this and upcoming um podcasts as well are gonna help both folks who are internal with organizations and clients who are looking to move the needle as well as practitioners you know there's a lot that's out there from a practitioner standpoint too that um it, you know it sometimes can muddy the waters <laughs> depending on you know some of the independent thinking that's out there um and with our experience across like you mentioned though that vast variety of clients i think that we'll have uh We'll be able to share a lot that everybody's going to learn from and everybody can, can get some value out of for sure yeah cool well
0: um i would say just from a format perspective too we're we're really not um going to be as uh structured with regard to like the amount of time we're going to spend the topics are going to take us where they take us um mm-hmm. from a frequency perspective our goal is uh we're going to try to put um one of these out a week um we are fully committed to being consistent with doing that uh we hope everybody will be patient with us as we figure out how to do it well um i think uh i think we can learn uh jeff learns much more quickly than i do in most cases so uh we will uh definitely try to take something away from each episode we welcome feedback i mean ultimately our goal isn't um to just get on here and pontificate about uh, what we believe, um, we've got a pretty cool network of really accomplished people too that hopefully we can bring in, and uh, they'll join us for for various conversations around different areas that they're passionate about too. Um, but ultimately, uh, what we hope is that um, the those that do take the time to listen also take the time to engage in some dialogue um, about the podcast. Um, you know, as a, as a little bit of a community, um, we have plenty of things that we want to talk about, but ultimately, uh, we also want to know what's relevant to you all. So um, we are always open and, and welcome to different topical ideas, and uh, we will certainly tackle those to the best of our ability and, and kind of go from there. So yeah,
1: absolutely, yep.
0: anything else you want to get out of this, Jeff, before we wrap up episode one?
1: I don't think so. I, mean, I think we've I've hit and probably gone too deep maybe even already in some areas <laughs> as we kick this thing off, but that's all right. You know, and like you said, this is going to be conversational. It's good. You know, we'll, we'll keep it fun and light. Um, and, uh, you know, there'll be some times I'm sure where you'll take the lead on a topic and get more passionate about it than me and vice versa. And, you know, frankly, we might have some interesting podcast where we're in conflict with each other even too <laughs> in our thinking and, and especially when we bring in those experts like you mentioned, you know, both on our team and, you know, from a client perspective, et cetera. So I think we're in a great yep. spot. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Cool. Well,
0: uh this is our first crack at it. We will um listen back, see how we did, uh, but um, for those that did carve out some time to, to take a listen to our first uh, attempt at this, we appreciate that very much, and uh, we look forward to pushing out some additional episodes and, and getting your feedback, whether in a public forum or, or directly either one, so yeah, we will uh, talk to you all soon. And thanks, everybody.